With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Dean Mackin. Dean Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. A very interesting hour this. Alan going to be talking a little bit later to Promyth, P-R-O-M-Y-T-H. He's the guy who is not just a philosopher, but a Web3 entrepreneur and a citizen journalist. For those of you who don't know what Web3 is, it, do you know what, what a torrent is? A torrent is people used to download movies, pirate stuff from each other. So if you wanted to shut them down, it used to go through um, like Bearshare, I think it was called, or uh, Napster, places like that. So all you had to do if you wanted to shut down piracy was shut down the people that ran the server because everything went through them. So what they did, they got revenge on the people that shut them down and invented a thing called a torrent. A torrent is a bit where you kind of, it exists amongst everybody who's doing it. So everybody is a bit of the server, if you will. Everybody's sharing a piece of the puzzle. So to stop it, you'd have to shut down everybody individually Otherwise, the infrastructure still exists in cyberspace. And that is pretty much what Web3 is. It's a web that will exist outside of the control of most government. It's a web that will be encrypted and will be very private and very personal and certainly something where the truth may indeed be able to exist where others in government and media would absolutely have that not be the case. So uh, I'll be talking to Promyth about not just that, but certainly about the footage that has emerged of the shaman. Now, the shaman is the guy who on January 6th at the Capitol building was uh, walking around with the horns, you know, the hat with the horns. Uh, was it like a Viking helmet thing from, from memory? Well, he, he ended up doing, I think, 41 months in jail. He got let out early. I think it was because Tucker Carl released some footage of him being escorted as if on a tour by police through the building. So they would suggest it was uh, some sort of scheme that they had where for every year that you were uh, incarcerated, you got, got a couple of months in credit and they let him out early. But that is complete BS. Well, more footage has come out now. And this footage is absolutely showing that this man encouraged others to leave the buildings. Not only is he being uh, very cooperative, not only is he being escorted by police in a very friendly manner, smiling, not angry, not harming, not breaking, not damaging anything, but uh, now it's looking like he was looking to help and get people out. Not that it ever looked like an insurrection to anybody that even has a fraction of a functional brain at all. And anyone who believes that is a complete imbecile uh, I can't say, no, they're just an imbecile. There's nothing else I can say, either that or they're just people that like to use things to their own advantage. I don't do that, even though I could quite often do that. But what's the point? Because then you are as incredible in the traditional sense of the term as they are. And I don't mean that as a positive. I mean, just unbelievably uh, unbelievable. So we'll be talking to him. I'm looking forward to that. The other person we'll be talking to is Chris Morrison, a former financial journalist and publisher. He's founded and sold Evandale Publishing and is the environment editor for The Daily Skeptic. I like the topic of, you know, the, the name of that already. We're going to be talking to him about all those type of things. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting hour here at TNT. Oh, something that I'll be probably discussing with Gemma imminently as well, because she'll be excited that uh, 16-year-old Luke Littler, the fairy tale has come true. This young fella is a champion amongst champions at 16 years of age. He has done the unbelievable. He has won uh, the the whole world championship, I think it was, Um <laughs> 
And I'll just read this part. Uh, Littler said the fortnight had been unbelievable, but admitted his performance in the final uh, fell just short, saying the one negative was I lost too many legs with my throw so Luke could break me. Sorry, he, oh, I've read that wrong. He was denied the fairy tale win. I do apologise. I was reading the lower part of the headline. So this fella, I would still say, is going to be an absolute champion. Uh, he's 16 years of age. He's competing with the best in the world. He only just lost. He knows why he's lost. And uh, we'll see if we can get him on the program in the next couple of weeks. He's someone I would absolutely love to talk to. But um, I was hoping that was going to be, I just saw fairy tale and I went straight to it. But no, the fairy tale loss uh, win was denied. But what a terrific fellow and someone that we'll definitely have a chat with. Uh, what else is happening on the, uh, as Gemma predicted, uh, the NHS strike? There's been some incidents while they've been striking. And of course, it's all their fault, isn't it? It's all their bloody fault. Well, it's not their fault. And of course, it's the fault of the last three years and anybody who succumbed to the false narratives that were being put out there, but um, just absolutely horrific. But the longer these young doctors uh, stay on strike, the more they are going to have to wear the media. It doesn't matter if it makes any sense. Uh, for most people, if they hear it on the mainstream media, it must be true. There you go. Anyway, it's rather frightening that that could be happening. Now, for all of your latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, then you have to visit the What's On Event calendar on the TNT website. If you would do that, it's at tntradio.live, and we'll help you to stay in touch here at TNT. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma Cooper, I'm very sad. I saw Fairy Tale win and I jumped at it and he lost. He, he went that close to winning too. Very close indeed. But I mean, he's 16 and he he lost to the best in the world. And his like the fairy tale for him is, is just beginning. He's already vowed to come back and take the title. I think everybody has got every faith that he absolutely will. And it's just, it's just a story that's had everybody absolutely uh, captivated uh, in the UK. I phoned a friend of mine last night. I needed to talk to her about something. And uh, and she normally goes to bed really early. And I phoned her. I said, I need to talk to you. It's urgent. It's some business matter. And um, <clears throat> she answered the phone and I said, oh, sorry, did I wake you up? She said, no, no, no. I'm watching the darts. And I, she was really up really late for her to be watching the darts um but yeah i mean 16 it's fantastic the mindset and the talent that have combined there um and and it's really interesting that you know you've talked about the new year and you've said if you think positive that this is going to be a good year for you it will and you know in sport and in life generally mindset is everything and i think that's what he brought to the table uh, this young man um or teenager he brought that positive mindset and even in the face of defeat he's still smiling he's still saying you know i'll be back um, and that's that's how you that's how you succeed, I think, in every area of life. You, you know, you might have setbacks, you might have disappointments, but you you have to never give up. You have to come back. You have to bounce back. And I, I think we'll be seeing him taking many, many, many trophies, many, many championships in his what will be, I think, a very successful career. No, I think he'll be absolutely uh, a formidable uh, opponent moving forward. I, I I think I accidentally said I'd printed it out and I lost it in this pile of paper. I think I accidentally said Paul because I was so uh, I was thinking of that story about the other day that I mentioned where we had a female pool uh, champion who absolutely refused to play against a transgender male uh, in a final and just walked out to just absolutely huge applause. And I kind of got sidetracked with that. But yeah, this young young fellow, Mister Litler, I really hope that he does well. And um, I, I just reckon he'll be driven on a level that we can't imagine. But what has that done for darts, not just over there in the UK, but around the world? What's It's, it's going to blow it right up. 
I mean, it's always been big here in the UK, but yeah, it has got bigger and everybody loves an underdog story here in the UK. We champion the underdog. That's what we do. Um, and, and you know, if the scenes, if he'd have won, you know, the scenes would have been even more extraordinary. I mean, he's in all the papers this morning and he's he looks a little crestfallen, but he's still smiling. Um, yeah, and if it's brought darts out onto the world stage, then, uh, then fantastic. You know, it is traditionally, as we said yesterday, working class kind of sport here in the UK, but it's getting more and more coverage. It's really entertaining. It's a lot of fun. I know a lot of people that have been to these big arenas and watched them uh, live uh, and the atmosphere is electric. It's a bit like a festival. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great good news story, but I think the key to it is positive mass attitude, positive mental attitude, positive mindset, not giving up in the face of setbacks. You know what teenagers are like, Dean. You, you know, you could have lost and thought, right, that's it. I'm not going to play anymore. <laughs> you know, that's what teenagers are like. But no, he's very professional and he, he's carrying on. Yeah, very gracious in defeating a lot of character, uh, that individual. What have you got for us, Gemma? Well, it's a story um, within the last hour, actually, there's been an arrest here in the UK. Um, parts of a, a big city in the north of England, Liverpool, famous city, were in lockdown uh, over the, the yesterday evening and into the early hours of this morning, actually, people were being told in no uncertain terms, stay indoors after a lone gunman uh, went on, uh, not a rampage, but he was out in the city. He went into a newsagent, fired some shots, and then he went into a, a, a multiplex cinema, a showcase cinema, and fired some shots in the reception. Police arrived, they locked everything down, they locked the cinema down, uh, and they locked parts of Liverpool down, and people were being told, stay indoors. Within the last hour, a 49-year-old man has been arrested. Uh, I haven't seen any charges yet. But what's interesting about this story, I mean, obviously, uh, we don't have guns in the UK. Uh, we you have very, very strict firearms laws. If you have have to have a gun, say if you're a farmer or anything like that, you, it's a very strict license, very strict application process. And I think, it, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it is the same for you guys. You know, if you, if you want a gun in Australia, it's that you have to have a firearms license and you have to have a yeah. good reason. Self-defense isn't one of them. Uh, same here. Um, what is interesting, though, is the use of the word lockdown. It's become so normalized now in our culture that it can be applied to anything. And it's a kind of a magic word. You know, if the, if the police are saying stay indoors, it's kind of got one resonance. If the police are saying I'm putting, we're putting the area on lockdown, you will do it. And I think uh, this is an indication of where we will be going in our society and in our culture, not just in the UK, but in, in other parts of the world, that that magic word lockdown triggers some kind of response that has been uh, generated in us over the last four years of like, yeah, we, we, we've got to do that. It's almost like we've been hypnotized into it. Now, of course, there was a gunman roaming the streets. He was um, firing shots. Nobody was injured, which is thankful. He went into this news agent first and fired some shots, but it wasn't that he fired them at somebody specific because that person would not be here today. Um, but it has been resolved, um, but it's the way it was. I wonder if this would have been handled differently if we hadn't had the last four years of lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. Um, so I was watching this story uh, kind of unfold until the man was arrested um, and, and, and seeing the language that was used, uh, parts of Liverpool on lockdown, a cinema, a showcase cinema on lockdown, how you can lock a cinema down. You lock people down, don't you? Put people in lockdown, yeah. not a building. But but it, it's just a very interesting kind of turn of phrase. It has resolved itself. The police have said they're not relating this to any kind of terrorist incident. It is just a lone gunman. That lone gunman narrative in itself does kind of hold. said they're not relating this to any kind of terrorist incident. It is just a lone gunman. That lone gunman narrative in itself does kind of hold a lot of emotive um connotations especially in obviously america there's the the argument that lone gunmen are used to 
tighten up the gun laws. We don't have really gun laws or that kind of problem in the UK, but it is a significantly big firearm. There's some video footage. It's a huge, huge shotgun, um, but we don't know anything about the man yet or, or why he was out with it or, or, or anything like that. We can only speculate. But as I say, it's lockdown, parts of a big city on lockdown, a cinema on lockdown. Um, and, and it does really have the very powerful ability, that word or two words, however you want to call it, um, to make people behave in a, in a certain way now. And whilst I do realise that certain police have access to weapons over there in the UK, the simple question is, as an Australian, we, we find it hard to imagine that you wouldn't have police with guns because we're just so used to that being the case here. While, while we don't have an armed population, having said that, it isn't that difficult to get a gun here in Australia. It wouldn't be that difficult at all. Um, is it? Would it be difficult to get one at all over there in the UK on the black market? Well, I mean, I've, I'm not an expert in this field at all. I don't doubt that it, you can get anything you want on, on the black market. This guy had a gun. Um, armed officers did surround the cinema and, you know, and we ended up escorting terrified families out. People were in there watching Wonka and, and things like that. And armed police guided them to safety to their vehicles. I mean, yeah, in, in any underworld uh, in the UK, you can get guns. What's a big, crime, a big problem in this country, and we, we had figures out yesterday, is knife crime. Uh, that's that's the thing, and we talked about this before about yeah. you know knife amnesties and the size of knives that were handed in, all that all that kind of stuff. But yeah, of course you can you can get guns. I'm I'm really not an expert in the underworld. Thank thank goodness. I don't really, it's not really a, a scene that I want to be involved with. But there, there will be questions asked about where he got this huge firearm um, out from, um, or you know, and, and if he's connected to anything else. But as I say, within the last hour, a 49 year old man's been arrested. Uh, police have kind of drawn a line under the matter. They're saying it's definitely not terrorism and it's it's an isolated incident well it'll be nice to see how that pans out certainly uh you're not going to come across too many people at the cinemas these days i've never ever in my life seen during the christmas holidays such a lackluster offering for people to go to the cinema especially those uh movies that appeal to both adults and children at once you know you used to have toy story where the kids would love it because it was visually very stimulating but there was always something in it for the adults as well and apart from you know dc's aquaman as you suggested wonka there's very little happening at the cinemas uh this this christmas for the kids not much for them to see at all certainly not anything that you would want to take them to go and watch yeah, I wonder if that's because streaming and people staying at home and what and curating their own kind of cinema vision and, and just being able to kind of access anything on streaming services is, is, is uh, served the death of the cinema or something that you talk about all the time. It's just rubbish. It's just rubbish, woke rubbish, <laughs> and people just don't want to go and see it and are voting with their feet. It could be that too. It is. And I mean, the hypocrisy, we've got a thing called gold class cinema here. I know you'd have something exactly the same. And you pay, instead of paying, you know, $15 for a ticket, you might pay $55 for a ticket in this really nice recliner lounge. You can have hot food brought in. You can eat anything. You know, you can drip your nugget sauce all over the seats. You can do all that. Yet here were some poor people who probably couldn't afford the extra $50 for food, had brought in some KFC nuggets and chicken in with them. And they were told to leave. And if they didn't leave, they had to put all their food that they just purchased in the bin because you can only eat our food in the cinema, not theirs. So cinema is not doing themselves any favours at all. I mean, let the people eat what the hell they, they want to eat. I think it's a bit unfair uh, by law to suggest you can eat our food of any description, but you can't eat someone else's in our cinema. Some people would say it's like taking someone else's beer into a pub, which I kind of is a good, very good counter argument to that, but only because we're used to that, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's interesting. The cinemas are trying to recreate the home environment, aren't they? You're sitting on your recliner chair, you've got your snacks. They're trying to 
create a home from home because I think they're very aware so many people now are staying at home and, and, and doing it for themselves. So that that's an interesting one because we talk about the digital world, don't we, a lot, a lot on uh, TNT. And, you know, do you want to spend your life in your box watching screens? That's not the sum total of human potential, is it? But it seems that that may be what a lot of people are doing. Yep, I think you might be right. Or what they might be doing, Gemma Cooper is sitting at home and watching you here on TNT Radio. And, of course, plenty of opportunities to do that, not next hour, but on subsequent hours today here at TNT. And, of course, Gemma, you won't be joining me tomorrow, will you, being Friday? No, I, I'm I'm off tomorrow, um, but I'll be back with you on Monday morning, my time, 4pm, your time. Have a terrific weekend, Gemma Cooper. And uh, we'll be back after this break. We're going to talk to Prometh here at today's News Talk, TNT. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. The human mind is like a computer, no matter how efficient it may be. Its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT.
Welcome back to the program. I have had some terrific guests lately, and my next guest is absolutely the rule. Prometh uh, is his name, and he's not just a, any guest. He's a philosopher. He's a Web3 entrepreneur, which I kind of explained a little bit to you earlier, but I'll get him to explain it in more detail. A citizen journalist as well. And um, we're going to be chatting about Jacob Chansley, known as pretty much, uh, you know, QAnon, you know, he He's part. He's the shaman, self-appointed, and the guy who was walking around on January 6th in the Capitol building with the horns on, who was being escorted by police, who did absolutely nothing wrong. We have the video to prove it. Uh, he got locked up for 41 months, well, and he got out after uh, slightly less than that, 27 from memory. And uh, we're going to have a good old chat with Prometh right now. He's going to tell us about the latest revelation and new video footage that's emerged. How are you going? I'm I'm going well, Dean. Good to good to be on your show. Hey, thank you for coming on. Tell us quickly, actually, no, before we get into the new video that has emerged, mate, the Web3 entrepreneur, mate, uh, I started an internet company back when I was 25, you know, this new thing, you know, and um, so I've been around for a long time, but the internet, it's old, it's flawed, it needs to be, you know, revolutionized, it needs to be modernized, and I think Web3 is where we're heading. Can you explain to people exactly what that is? Sure. So uh, Web3, it is different from web 2 if web 2 could be social media the difference that made web 3 is the ownership um internet the age of ownership so now you can own assets and own your data in a way that you couldn't do before so this is the world of blockchain it's cryptocurrencies it's nfts um you know my company sherlock we work on uh, helping businesses leverage these technologies and systems so that they can scale their um bottom line and also you know reach out to this global community of over 800 million users and growing day in day out uh with tr uh, you know almost uh, 2 trillion in the market uh, poured in right now so that's that's the world of web3 that that I normally working the best part about that is as much as they would like to control the internet um web3 promises possibly a world where we can take some control back which would be very very nice and stories that they are now legislating to stop because they will be the, the those who decide what is misinformation or disinformation and i would suggest show everybody everything you got and let them decide with the exception of possibly ai which i think is going to be very confusing in the future but we won't get onto ai mm -hmm. Mate, tell us about this oh it's very yeah. confusing Oh, well, this new video clearly shows that uh, Jake was telling the audience and, and, and the crowd to not go into the Capitol. And um, in my interviews with him um, uh, over the past few months, uh, and having gotten to know him as a good friend at this point, uh, he's uh, he was clearly trying to get people out of the Capitol and not create any any violence. And so it's, it's really um, a testament to the level of uh, propaganda and warping of the narrative that they framed him as someone as an insurrectionist uh, even though uh, clearly from the footage it's uh, he, he wasn't doing that and yeah. neither were most j6ers now of course he got sentenced to 41 months he was released after 27 now they said it was some new uh scheme that they had where you got some credit for every year that you were behind bars you might have got a couple of months if you were well behaved that's complete bs because it happened immediately after Tucker Carlson showed that video, which clearly showed him as a guy being escorted as if on a personal tour by the police through the Capitol building, just Literally. destroying, destroying their narrative. <laughs> the worst part is, the worst part is he was forced, and, and I have no proof that he was forced. I would say he was forced 
to lodge a guilty plea because they would have been scaring the bejesus out of him saying you could end up in jail for 20 or 30 years if you don't take this plea deal. The problem is now that he has pleaded guilty, despite the fact that we have evidence that is so terrific, um, he must feel pretty hard done by for ever having pleaded guilty. But at the time, I guarantee almost any of us probably would have taken that deal. Almost. I mean, uh, if you're familiar with the American justice system, Dean, like they all, that's what they do. This is how they play you. Like they always tell you take the plea deal because this way you'll get a more lenient sentence as opposed to going not guilty. Right. And so, uh, you know, I think he had a very poor lawyer and he stated this in multiple interviews, including the one he's done with me. And, um, you know, he, he, doesn't regret it now any longer like now having come out of that system he was let go as you say for good behavior and 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 whatnot but actually like he spent that time reading the bible coming closer to god you know really tuning into his spiritual um roots and um he now sees it as almost like a preparation for the incredible um work that he's trying to do now which is raising the consciousness of humanity and uh getting rid of corruption in our in our governments he certainly uh that would have as you said it changed him forever and how could it not change you forever but not just because of what happened to him but just to see the complete injustice in the american mm -hmm. justice system i mean it's an oxymoron of the of the highest order it is absolutely mm -hmm. crazy mate a bunch of questions i've got to ask you on the other side of our very short news headlines that we've got to do right now so everybody stick mm -hmm. around this is tnt i am with prometh and we will be back in a short break now's a good time to break the big news tnt radio news matt boyland here with a quick look at your tnt headlines Washington has rushed to distance itself from a series of bombings that killed close to 100 people and wounded over 200 others in Iran. Australia's co-signed a statement alongside 12 other countries condemning Houthi attacks on ships passing through the Red Sea. And the White House continues to refuse to accept responsibility for the illegal immigration crisis plaguing the country, now trying to shift the blame onto Republicans. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. And we are back with Prometh, and he's a terrific fellow, a philosopher, a Web3 entrepreneur and a citizen journalist doing terrific work. He is friends with Jacob Chansley, who is the QAnon shaman, the guy walking with the Viking helmet looking thing with the horns through the Capitol building on January 6th. Mate, tell, tell us some of the more interesting things that you've learned from him over, over time and some insights that we may not have learned elsewhere. Well, first of all, the QAnon shaman is the label that the media, uh, the mockingbird media, he, he likes to call it, gave him. All right. So he calls himself America's shaman. And so what's amazing about Jake in, in the past few months, as I've gotten to know him, is that he's actually incredibly well grounded in um, cutting edge science, spirituality. Uh, he practices uh, meditation every Saturdays where I join him on Twitter. If you, if you go on to, um, you know, either his channel or mine, you'll see that he does these live meditations and prayers. And, and we do that together because, uh, we know that raises the level of consciousness, um, and actually reduces the rates of violence as, uh, shown by the Maharishi effect and, and others, um, that have been scientifically documented that when people meditate and pray together, it literally reduces the rates of violence and so on. 
So Jake has been pioneering that on on uh, the X platform since Elon has uh, graciously <laughs> given given it to the world in a sense. Uh, him and and the team around him, of course. And um, yeah, so Jake Jake is a very um, uh, as someone who he endures a great deal of attack in spite of his sacrifice to try and defend American democracy, because almost certainly it, it's undeniable that the 2020 election had a whole bunch of reasons as to why it, it the, the result should be questionable. And, and we're seeing that uh, play out in terms of court cases now today in the United States, um, in places like Maricopa County and, and many other um, uh places around around the state so jake has been a true um i, I see like as a beacon of uh pioneering freedom democracy and just great humanitarian values so yeah that's that's how i uh, see him yeah and mate, how did you you two initially meet uh, we met on Twitter Spaces. It's it's amazing. I, I recommend everybody who's listening to this to get themselves on to this new Twitter since uh, Elon took it over. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, connecting with him, uh, Elon himself, uh, other heroes of mine like Grant Cardone and his uh, twin brother Gary Cardone. Um, just amazing human beings who openly share their wisdom and 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 their thoughts. And you you all of course find you know, no shortage of trolls and you know people who, who fall in into the woke mind virus, as Elon likes to call it. But uh, in spite of that, it, it is a genuine forum where people um, exchange ideas. So I'm I'm on the spiritual path very much myself. And uh, I, that, you know, Jake and I connected uh, over that. And uh, I've been part of the anti-lockdown and freedom movements here in the UK. And uh, so when, when we managed to have our conversations, we realized we had a great deal in common. And so since then, yeah, we, uh, we did an interview together and, and, uh, uh, we've become friends since. So, and was he very spiritual before he spent that time in jail or was it that time that gave him time to reflect on his life and, and the world that we live in that made him become more that way? Oh, absolutely. He was spiritual before, you know, like if you look at his uh, previous content that he was creating, he was he was always talking about uh, frequencies that 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 um, that as Nikola used to uh, Tesla used to say, if you want to think if you want to understand the keys to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. And he's always talking about those things. He's talking about the power of meditation, the, the power of prayer. And so he's um, he's been very much on the shamanic path, the genuine shamanic path, not not like a lot of these ones that are out there um uh, he has some native american roots uh, in his uh, lineage as well and so uh no he's he's definitely been on the spiritual path long before he worked with uh, children who were uh in in um in in special care and special needs prior to all of this uh beginning so yeah he's he's been on the spiritual path long before it, it tells you a lot about the world that we live in he's a man he's spiritual he helps you know disabled kids uh, a man who is being escorted by a police on video through a building, a public building, and there he is spending a couple of years in jail. It really is a horrendous situation that we find ourselves in one. I don't think any of us could have predicted even 10 years ago, let alone 20 or 30, unless you were watching some sort of Orwellian dystopian uh, movie. And, well, he did warn us. Of, yeah, yeah, plenty of people <laughs> have warned us. I mean, I just, even I didn't think we'd get this far so soon i thought maybe in 40 or 50 years but to find out that Dean, this is the world uh, we're living the connection in connection might be a little unstable 
It's okay. I, I can hear you. The, the video is a little bit how you're going, but uh, I, I can hear you perfectly. Hello? Uh, you mentioned Elon Musk before. Yeah, Elon yeah. Musk is a saviour for the time being anyway. But of course, I yeah. think a lot of these misinformation and disinformation uh, laws that are coming out in lockstep across the world are solely mm -hmm. to combat Elon Musk. I, 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 I think they're just basically for him. Yeah, very much so. I don't know if you can still hear me, by the way. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So I've had like several hours, like many, many hours of conversations with Elon. And I can tell you for a fact that this man is absolutely a free speech absolutist. Um, and his recent comments that he made uh, in in that uh, New York Times um, uh, event <laughs> to tell uh, the advertisers to go F themselves uh, is... <laughs> Uh, Disney, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we all did. All of us who are uh, fighting for freedom, I believe. Um, you know, he, he recognizes that if we if we don't have free speech, you know, tyranny just have has its way with us. You know, and and we are living in exceptionally tyrannical times. Um, the power has consolidated in many many forms, and uh, if we don't have the truth, you know, what other weapon do we have? And so X is obviously being attacked for this reason whatever they tell you on the surface you know that's those aren't the real reasons the real reason is because all the information including most recently for example the epstein you know client list and everything else all of this is being dropped on x first and it's and it's being um it's being uh broadcasted to the whole world there's no getting away from it yeah it's pretty terrific uh, the same way that, you know, Napster being closed down gave rise to torrents, uh, what they're doing with this misinformation and disinformation rules is going to give rise to a better web free with people such as yourself and at the pioneering end of that. And of course, Elon Musk uh, being at the cutting edge of technology on all levels. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see them try to stay one step ahead uh, of fellows like you. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's the prayer, my friend. I, I I really do hope that you know we can leverage this technology, as I said, to to create uh, freedom economies, uh, independent of a lot of uh, traditional uh, finance that seems to um, unfortunately go through these debt you know debt cycles and and contraction cycles, things like uh, Bitcoin uh, and and a lot of lot of the other systems, you know, even uh, MakerDAO, Ajax. Uh, there's all these new systems many of them now capitalized over you know tens of billions of dollars um it's they they're offering us the opportunity to transact amongst ourselves without having to be completely reliant on um, fiat currencies which you know governments have absolutely no problem you know turning the printers on and devaluing to whatever you know levels that they that they feel happy with regardless of the consequences on on the broader public you know we had 40 percent of the world's uh capital uh being printed only in the last two three years uh, of the last 200 years you know uh so that's 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 an insane statistic you know when you think about it it really is. And just quickly, just tying in with the whole, you know, Jacob Chansley story, you know, here we have, there was no insurrection. We've got the video that shows there wasn't one. And there they are now trying to disqualify Donald Trump under the US Constitution as being an insurrectionist. And even if that, even if there was an insurrection at the Capitol building, A, he wasn't there. B, mm -hmm. <laughs> B he hasn't been charged. He hasn't been indicted. He ha nothing's happened. How they're getting away with this is absolutely beyond, I think, most of us.
Yes, it is. And uh, I believe fundamentally they won't be getting away with this. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the interview done by Dr. Jan Helper-Hayes. She's a consultant for the Pentagon and the Defense Department. And she says that there's a reason why Donald Trump is not worried about all these charges that they're throwing at him. And that's because they're throwing at him from the bankrupt U.S. corporation, not the USA Republic. Uh, that uh, is a much deeper conversation, which I'm not, uh, I don't know if we have the time to go into today, but uh, let's just just briefly, you know, the U U.S. Republic was brought back in its proper form under the Trump administration, not just because of him, but because of a team around him. Uh, this includes military generals, by the way. Um, and the, the reason you can, uh, you know, feel Feel free to verify all of this. In in 2021, you saw a fence put up around the U.S. Congress and all of these U.S. troops that were in the Capitol, right? Um, on on live television, uh, shortly after Trump stepping down, uh, a general stated, "This is going into peaceful military transition." Uh, transition to peaceful transition to military power. And so I believe the United States is in dual uh, presidency scenario with Joe Biden and crew being in charge of the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And uh, Donald Trump has stated this in his own speeches. He said, I'm still commander in chief um, of the armed forces. So there's something radically different going on this, you know, um, governmental cycle in the United States. Uh, I believe that we may well see a black swan event even before the US election. General Flynn has alluded to this in his interviews with Alex Jones and others. So I think we're truly living in historic times. Something something remarkable is, is going on. Uh, and uh, I think we're all uh, in for a show. I, I, it's a show. I'm really hanging to see. I'd love to see that happen. I mean, it's got to break. It must. They're at breaking point. The you know the U.S. debt ceiling is about as high mm -hmm. as it can possibly go. Uh, Donald Donald Trump. He's got a lot of support, and let's hope that the military are on side. And again, it is written in their constitution that they can do that. Mm -hmm. and let's hope that they take that chance, uh, mate. I thank you very much, uh, Prometh. For, for coming yeah. on this program and I'd love you to come on another time so we can talk about that which you were just alluding to in some detail that would be terrific absolutely Dean thank you for having me and uh, it's been a real pleasure everybody Prometh uh, absolute legend check him out on Twitter and uh, I would encourage you all to get on there and give him a follow thank you my friend and we'll talk again coming up after the break Chris Morrison here at today's news talk TNT as a combat wounded veteran I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket-propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. 
It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Talking about issues and coming up with solutions. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to TNT. My next guest is a former financial journalist and publisher, founded and sold Evandale Publishing and is the environment editor the Daily Skeptic, where no settled science is allowed. Chris, uh, in this, we're going to be discussing a whole bunch of things. He sent me a terrific article about green billionaires and how they fund, you know, Tory net zero parliamentary caucus. And not just that, the rabbit hole goes way, way deeper than that. And it's a terrific article as well on The Daily Skeptic. And I welcome to the program, Chris Morrison. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Some of the things in this document, wow. I mean, I can't say any of it surprises me, but it's just great to watch, you know, I mean, uh, you know, these climate foundations, you know, I mean, the, the Rockefellers are all in there. All these names that we know and the funding and the immense amounts of people, you know, in media and politics that they're getting paid to, to produce the kind of commentary that we have known to expect from them, but none of it makes much sense. No, I mean, uh, the article, of course, I looked at the, um, this one in particular, we looked at the way they fund uh, uh, influ influencers of all types, journalists, academics. This one was about politicians. This is a uh, an organisation called the Conservative Environment Network, which is joined by uh, half the backbenchers. They're the people who are not in government in the Conservative Party uh, on uh, in, in Parliament, British Parliament. Uh, there's about 120 of them. There's a number of peers as well. And they set themselves up as net zero champions and they set themselves up and they make no secret of it, a lobby group. And uh, but who is it funded by? Uh, it, it's like many of these things, uh, like a lot of these environmental organizations, they don't suddenly arise because people are genuinely interested in a lot of these issues or politicians are interested in seeing what they can do for their constituencies, uh, uh, their representatives. Uh, these are this is funded by. Uh, all the what I might call the usual suspects that you you, you talked about the billionaire yes. foundation in, in this case in particular it's a thing called the European Climate Foundation <clears throat> which is heavily backed by a chap called Sir Christopher Holm who runs his own children's investment fund crops up all the time uh, he is uh, uh, also a, a funder of um, Extinction Rebellion which we in Britain gave to the world in 2019 when a you know, a few people decided that they were going to block the bridges and then suddenly, uh, you know, they had all this money. And, and, and of course, they have been given it by uh, people like Sir Christopher. Uh, also, uh, you will find uh, a company, uh, a foundation called the Clean Air Fund, which is also back in this group of this caucus, this parliamentary caucus. Uh, and the Clean Air Fund, again, has a back in from Holm and it also has back in from Michael Bloomberg the uh, former mayor of new york he crops up all the time with his uh, um, his own political vehicle the bloomberg uh, philanthropies uh, and uh, uh, they also crop up with a, a group called c40 which you might have come across which yep. is a, a group of 100 city mayors around the world it, ha it happens to be chaired here in london by our own uh, a wonderful mayor, sadiq khan uh, this again gets huge amounts of money crystal holm in loan gave £45 million to C40. And C40 is behind a lot of this, I'm sure you see it, you know, wherever we are in the world, 
Uh, we see it in particular in London. A lot of this so-called clean air um, uh, um, legislation, ULES, uh, uh, banning cars from less affluent people that are older cars. We have in London uh, a requirement uh, from these people that 30% uh, cars less uh, will be seen on roads in 2030. And the way they're doing it, it's all been, it's all down. There's no conspiracy theory here. It's all, all written down. Uh, they're doing it through low traffic neighborhoods, closing cars, 20 mile an hour limits, even though they keep all the speed bumps and the obstacles, uh, cycle lanes everywhere that nobody seems to use except a few cyclists, uh, cutting down road use, cutting down a, a war on cars. And you see this, uh, all of these campaigns, uh, as, as you say, you know, as I say, are, are funded ultimately by a very, very few elite billionaire green uh, uh, people. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said the usual suspects. Uh, it's all very much on the nose. Uh, unfortunately, it's legally probably above board. Uh, how do we fix this? How do we stop this moving forward? Well, I think uh, the disclosure, we need to see uh, who, who is funding these people uh, because it just doesn't, uh, it's not just politicians. They, they fund all sorts of um, operations to influence journalists. Uh, Associated Press, for instance, uh, employed an extra 28 climate journalists uh, recently, and that was all funded by, 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 by one or two of these billionaire foundations. Uh, they run a course in Oxford called the Oxford Climate Journalism Network. Um, again, this is funded by, by the usual people. Uh, 400 journalists from around the world have gone on this, and they, they hear from speakers. They heard from one speaker recently, a Dr. Saffron O'Neill, who's a geography lecturer at Exeter University here in the UK. Uh, she's called for fines and imprisonment for people who disagree with the settled science. And the uh, recent article we wrote, the BBC's verified correspondent, no less, Marcus Silver, was proudly proclaiming that he's going to take a six-month uh, a, a sabbatical to go and study on this course. And, of course, this course is funded by uh, the Thomson Reuters Institute, uh, and it receives money again from the European Climate Fund, uh, which, again, we've seen was back in um, uh, other things. Uh, they obviously are pouring huge amounts of money into academia. The Grantham Fund, Jeremy Grantham is a, a, a green billionaire hedge fund investor. Uh, he funds uh, university courses in uh, in, in Britain here again, there's one at uh, Imperial. Uh, and they, uh, again, he partly funds a thing called the Weather Attribution Service. Whenever you see all this stuff now, they're, they're, they're saying they, they pick individual bad weather and they, they directly link it to uh, long-term climate change. Absolute nonsense, hogwash of the first order, complete pseudoscience, unable, unable to be falsified. They're using computer models with imaginary opinions put in. And yet this is now seen, you see it all over mainstream media, you see it in BBC, ITV, Sky, all, 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 all over the place. Um, and journalists saying, oh, we can now, we can now show that individual events uh, are caused by long-term um, changes in the climate, of course, and, and, and we all know the long-term changes in the climate are directly attributed to humans uh, controlling the climate thermostat. So you have all of this uh, money pouring into anybody who can influence the net zero debate. And here we are, you know, just the general public thinking if this was going on, that there'd be some sort of uh, legal uh, work to go and to get these people arrested, to stop the money from flowing. You look at groups, as you said, Extinction Rebellion, Just Stop Oil. It's very obvious. They're very well funded. Wouldn't it be terrific if we could just arrest the people who are funding them? 
Well, it'd be far easier to arrest the people who are causing um, disturbances on the street. I mean, there are laws in, you know, I'm sure there are laws in Australia. In fact, I know there are. There are certainly laws in this country. Uh, the police stand idly by. Uh, in 2019, when they started out, uh, they blocked Waterloo Bridge for 10 days. Uh, I mean, these are main uh, routes in, in, around London. Uh, ambulances were, were stopped. Uh, people were, you know, uh, small traders, uh, lost huge amounts of money. And these people were just dancing with their funny sort of, you know, ideas, dancing in the street, having a party. Um, you, they, it's perfectly legal to give money to people. And I don't think we should go down necessarily the route of, of, of stopping a uh, lot of this uh, 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 funding as such. Uh, uh, we live in a free society, but we can start arresting the people who break the law uh, for a start. Uh, that, that, that would be a great help. Um, I think that dis disclosure, I think that uh, these people can carry on funding these things, but there, there needs to be more disclosure. And at The Daily Skeptic, we try and look at uh, where a lot of these uh, so-called um, uh, influencers are, are getting their money, where these um, uh, environmental organizations are, are cropping up. I mean, if you start to look, you know, look at, you know, World Wildlife Fund, look at the Friends of the Earth, look at Greenpeace. These are now billion dollar operations. They rely on huge amounts of money coming in. And in order to do that, they rely on bigger and bigger scares because the bigger the scare, the more money comes in. So I think that the way to sort of um, uh, uh, anesthetize yourself against that is to disclose it. The problem is, is the mainstream media are not in the disclosure business when it comes to this, because yeah, they I mean, are some of the recipients of this money. And it comes down to people uh, like all, everyone watching and listening at the moment. I mean, when you find somebody like Chris Morrison, who writes such terrific articles, who puts that information out there, it is up to you to share it. If you're sitting there going, why doesn't everybody know this? You are to blame for not sharing it. We need to share that and have everybody that we share it with share it again, only then, because it all makes sense when you tell us all the things that you have in this particular article, everything makes a hell of a lot more sense. The only thing, the question we have to ask is, do these people who are funding all of this, do they actually believe that there are you know, problems with our climate, that the world is at risk, or is it really all about, again, they've spent a tremendous amount of money, is it for personal gain? For them? Well, we don't know because they've declared the science is settled. Um, oh, and uh, one thing we also do, yes, well, the, so, so we can't talk about it. We're, 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 we're compared to deniers of the Jewish Holocaust uh, with the Nazis and the Nazis. Um, so there's a lot of invective, a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, insults are thrown around and the science is settled. And they have these fake surveys that they say 97%, 99% consensus. Well, try telling that to uh, uh, John Clauser. Uh, last year's winner of the Nobel Physics Prize, a giant of modern science who's come out against all this nonsense, uh, says there is no climate emergency, says CO2 is not a great problem. Uh, try telling it to Richard Lindzen, a great atmospheric scientist in MIT, who says the, uh, uh, the climate narrative, and by that he means the science, the uh, climate collapse, the emergencies, he says is, is, is again, is, is, uh, is absurd. Uh, he says, but trillions of dollars says it's not absurd. Now, do these people really believe it? Uh, we need a longer show than you probably got to look at the uh, origins of, of the green tyranny, as it's called. Uh, why have you got, uh, you know, elite? Because they essentially you're looking at collectivist elites. Uh, why have they they, they, they they come together in order to essentially produce net zero, which is an insane idea. The idea that you can remove 
fossil fuel from industrial society within less than 30 years. They, it, it's totally insane. It would take us back to caves. It would take us back to a time that we really don't want to go back to. Uh, do, they, do they really believe it? Um, I think that they, they, have an, they have a collectivist agenda. Uh, in a world of, of supranational um, organizations that uh, United Nations, the European Union, uh, they're able to uh, gather together in places like Davos, and uh, they are looking to take control over human economic uh, society and society itself. There are too many people, according to their narrative, they don't sort of spell it out too clearly, there are far too many people on the planet. Uh, we have impacts that they don't like. They're, you know, they, you, they go to the Mediterranean. There are far too many people on the on the beaches. There are far too many people flying. You know, uh, all these nice places that they went used to go to are all being full of full of plebs, if you like. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of that. It, it, it ties into a religious uh, idea. I think a, a cult idea. Uh, Christianity has declined. Uh, across the West uh, in, in, in our lifetime, uh, it needs replacing. Humans seem to need an idea that they can worship the earth. They can they can go back to a more primitive idea that they worship the earth, that they, they don't like the impacts that humans have. All of this has come together in a, in a, in a, in a collectivist, elitist way. And of course, the people, it, uh, sometimes it often it comes down to money, the people pushing it you often find they're big, big green investors because if you invest in green energy, uh, it, uh, the uh, wind, the sunbeams, the breezes, they all require vast amounts of state subsidy and they all require control of state functions and they all require a narrative for people to go along with in order for all this money to be diverted to people who are doing good for the planet by, by, by giving us lots of windmills and, and, and solar panels. Certainly lots of people in their network of, you know, dissemination of this information. And many would argue that the more you say something, the longer you say something, the more likely, whether you believe it initially to be true or not, you shall end up believing it. The other thing that immediately comes to mind is that which you cannot question or are encouraged not to question tends to be not true. Hence, uh, there's a few major pointers or clues in the whole equation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we know from, you know, the, the history is rimmed with cults and, and uh, it, you, often, you see with the Green Movement, you see this appeal to authority. Um, you see uh, an unwillingness to discuss any of the science. I, I would, you know, I, I, I write, I, I appear occasionally on broadcast media. I would happily sit in a studio with any scientist, with any uh, journalist, environmental journalist, and I would happily sit down and talk through you know, what they believe, because I want to understand, uh, I'd happily debate with them. They will not come anywhere near a studio if they know that someone is not completely on side with the settled science. Uh, and, and, and they are completely absent. And I, I don't know whether you get it on, on, on your channel, uh, but, but here again in the UK, we have what I call, there's a, there's a group of five or six eco-loons come on. And they basically just shout at you uh, and they just shout that you're, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever, you know. Uh, and in a way, in the UK, the, the TV stations, there are, there are a couple. 
the good guys, uh, they have to have these people on because under a local regulator, Ofcom, uh, whenever someone like me comes on and says things like, you know, the science is not settled, that CO2, uh, the theory of, um, of, of, of humans warming it is, is one hypothesis. Hypothesis is another word for scientific opinion. It, it, there isn't a single science paper that proves conclusively that humans cause all global warming. Uh, and indeed, there are many other theories, particularly the idea of the saturation theory which means that uh, you know it's, it's already done its warming and and, uh, and and the way that it explains all the observations in the past Chris, if they know that if, if they Chris, come on then then they would you know I'm sorry. Chris, well, i would love to chat to you at length but we've run out of time we've only got about nine seconds to go everybody i'd like to thank chris morrison for coming on you can catch him dailyskeptic.org a man who they dare not debate katie hopkins coming up after this here at tnt